You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin here with my guy, Frank Tucker, representing for CanesCounty.com. Part of the Rivals Network, we bring you exclusive information, inside information that we gather, as well as plenty of content on canescounty.com. Make sure you subscribe to the website. And Frank, we've got spring coming up. We've got coaching vacancies still, and they just kind of keep popping up, uh, seems like by the day or by the week. And a lot of basketball and baseball talk to get to as well, as well as some seven-on-seven stuff that you saw over the weekend. But we'll start with the big news uh, that we heard yesterday, and that's Rod Wright departing from the Miami Hurricanes. Yet another coach leaving Miami. Uh, It's been an ongoing theme for the past couple of months. Um, You know, just coaches looking for, for greener pastures elsewhere. And also Mario Cristobal, he commented this week on the radio uh, saying that, hey, uh, basically that, hey, uh, change is an opportunity to kind of refresh the organization. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of basically what he said here. But Rod Wright uh, leaving the program, somewhat of a, of a surprise uh, considering the job that he's done with the defensive ends and and the defensive ends that he brought in and recruiting, but he's off to the NFL back to Texas with the Houston Texans. Your thoughts on, on that departure and any potential replacements. Yeah. This wasn't surprising. This wasn't surprising. We've heard all off season that there was going to be some coaching changes along the entire staff. We've seen pretty much every position on the team be flipped except for offensive line, and defensive backs as of right now and defensive tackles with Joe Salvea. But this was one I kind of saw coming. There wasn't a lot of traction with Texas recruits. Uh, thanks to Roderick Wright, which is what he was supposed to bring to the table, former Texas right. uh, star football player. I think he wanted to go to the league. Same way we're going to see maybe a couple other coaches try to go to the NFL that are currently on the staff. Uh, I think – Coach Adai at defensive backs is another candidate for that, or he's been flirting around with some NFL teams. But a a replacement is pretty easily in the building for the Hurricanes, and it's Jason Taylor. Heard rumblings that he's wanted an elevated role uh, if he's going to be working 12 to 13 hours a day for this staff. He didn't, I I think, you know, the, the amount of money that he gets as an analyst and the amount of effort that you have in time that you have to put in to work under Mario Cristobal. There has to be a balance for Jason Taylor, and that's a more more responsibility, more of a position of power, I think. And with the way that this defense is transitioning to more of a pseudo 3-4, where there's going to be a stand-up defensive end, outside linebacker type type player, where Nigel Leak, Cyrus Moss are going to be playing, I think a perfect fit is Jason Taylor because that's what he played for the Miami Dolphins. He was a stand-up rush outside linebacker, basically. And I think he's the perfect guy to help develop that position, especially with the amount of talent that's at that position. 
you know, if we wanted to put Jaden Wayne there, if you wanted to, Nigel Lee Kelly's already there. Cyrus Moss is there. Jafari Harvey's there. It's there's a lot of talent at that spot, and I think that he could be the guy to really help push Miami past that ten sack threshold at at an individual spot that we haven't seen in a little bit. But I think that's the move. I think that's the move. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like the easy answer for a replacement definitely why not put a hall of famer in that position who's already on the staff yeah you did mention that he was supposed to bring in some recruits from texas he was supposed to be the rn for david hicks uh remember uh he was supposed to be that guy who's already recruiting david hicks for a while hicks already had a relationship with the previous staff at miami but unfortunately that didn't work out for the miami hurricanes so it, it's it's an unfortunate to see another coach go though because there's a lot of turnover man i mean this is now you know basically three straight years of just straight up just turnover at, at several coaching positions so i'm still worried about uh the, the culture overall with all the turnover with the coaches and 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 like you said i mean there could be more on the way um it's 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 unfortunate to kind of just hear the news at first, but the one thing that is always constant that I've learned, Frank, is change. You know, change always happens, and you got to learn to kind of adjust to change. And I think Cristobal is kind of embracing this change, and he he's embracing the new opportunity to really kind of reinvent this program, reinvent reinvent the culture and uh, really put his his stamp or his mark uh, on on the future of the program. So, so yeah, so an, another coaching vacancy that we have to talk about is that wide receivers coach position, which is still vacant. Uh, we expect an announcement to be coming this week in regards to that position. And it's a couple of names that that we like um out there you know so some guys that that are local guys that have played for the university of miami uh before uh it, it would be interesting to kind of see where they go i think i think leonard, leonard hankerson is probably the obvious choice just because he's got experience in the nfl uh, not only as a player, but as a coach as well. And when you got that type of experience, I think it, it can only be best beneficial for the Miami Hurricanes football program. And of course, he's got ties to to South Florida. Went to St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, I, I think that's a definite, uh, you know, high possibility for Miami, which would definitely excite Hurricanes fans across the world but um what else are you hearing on the wide receiver coaching position i hear it it's down to two guys i'm hearing it's down to kevin beard and it's down to leonard hankerson two south florida natives you, you just spoke about leonard hankerson and his affiliations the saint thomas aquinas kevin beard is also a south florida native who also coached at the miami yep. coached for miami before uh, yep. and he did a solid job he was able to oh go ahead I said went to Plantation High School. Went to Plantation, played with Ryan Schneider, uh, mm -hmm. former St. Thomas Aquinas offense coordinator and Coco head coach. So that would be a good in 
uh, for that area, the Coco area, where there's a ton of, sure. ton of talent constantly coming out. But I, he's done a good job of developing guys. You went on the message board and kind of talked about, you know, some of his guys that he's coached at Toledo. Uh, we, we know what he did with Stacey Coley when he was here, helped kind of revitalize him in the second half of his career when there was that, you know, there were some injury issues that kind of delayed his progress. But overall, I think they're two guys that are going to really help with recruiting in South Florida, talking to a couple of blue chip prospect parents at the seven on, at a, uh, at the Crockett Foundation seven on seven this weekend. They liked the potential of Kevin Beard ending up with Miami. They, they know Kevin Beard. Uh, a lot of these guys grew up at the same time period as Kevin Beard, know what yep. he did uh, as a high school football guy, and they know his past as a Miami Hurricanes football coach, not as a Toledo guy. People don't realize that he hasn't been here for very long, and he's still seen as one of the more significant coaching hires of the wide receiver position. Uh, you know, and I, I think both hires would be excellent hires. They're two developers of wide receiver talent. Leonard Hankerson has a short resume, but it's pretty extensive already. Started out his career at UMass, coaching Andy Isabella, who had record-breaking numbers at UMass, and ended up being a second-round pick as like a five foot nine, 165, 175-pound slot receiver. And he also has done it with the San Francisco 49ers. Coaching Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, two guys that there were some questions, right? Brandon Ayuk wasn't a lock to be a superstar coming into the NFL. He's a four six forty type guy. Debo Samuel had injury issues, wasn't a perfected receiver as a route runner and, and things of that nature. And, and he became an All Pro under Link, uh, you know, under Leonard Hankerson's tutelage. So I, I love the fact that it's two South Florida guys potentially getting the job. We already have Tim Harris in the fold, who's a South Florida guy. Alex Maribel, South Florida guy. Mario Cristobal, part of that offensive staff. Sure. It's an off. It's a South Florida frenzy, and I, and I think that's that's good because there's so much talent down here that needs to be focused on, especially at receiver. And if they can get one of those guys, I would love the hire. I would also love UNC. Wide receivers coach Lonnie Galloway. I heard he's probably not in the cards, though. And I, I haven't really heard any other names as of recent. I heard that a decision has already possibly been made and that we could hear about this hiring as soon as today or tomorrow. Nice, nice. Well, I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear who is the name that is announced. Um, we'll be on the edge of our seat to see who is the next hire. Uh, for for the University of Miami coaching staff. Uh, you spoke a little bit about the talent in South Florida, and Mario Cristobal did mention that a couple of guys are already, you know, showing up in big ways, and that's Robbie Washington and Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph, a couple of guys that we would love to see pop in spring. Uh, so we've got spring football coming up this weekend uh we're all excited to kind of see the new talent uh get on the field as well as the experienced guys if they are taking a step up uh what are some of the guys that you are excited to see in spring and who do you think will will sh shine i'm excited to see what tyler van dyke looks like i think we gotta see tyler van dyke from 2021 and not Tyler Van Dyke of 2022. And I want to see how he meshes with Shannon Dawson. We talk about this pretty extensively. 
every time we get on the podcast. So Tyler Van Dyke is the key to Miami's success. I want to see how he does. I want to see how he starts. Last year, it, it was a rough spring, to say the least. Not necessarily his fault. There were a ton of drops from the receivers. But I would love to see that chemistry with that receiving core early on because he has a lot of guys that do come back. The Colby Youngs of the world, the Xavier Shrepos, the Jacoby Georges, uh, Frank Ladson. All those guys have an opportunity to come back and have a much better 2023 than they did in 2022. And I want to see how that meshes. But a guy that I want to see is how Ruben Bain acclimates to college football in his first spring. He's already in the building. We've seen him grinding. Uh, he's going to be playing a four-eye role from what I'm hearing in, in Lance Geidrew's new Miami defense. And I, I think that he's going to be the perfect move player on that defensive line. And I want to see how he fits in that that rotation, which could still be a three-level rotation because that's what Joe Salavea does like to do as well. So I want to see how he jumps in. Him and Tyler Van Dyke, I think, are going to be two players to watch in the spring. See, the Tyler Van Dyke thing for me, I don't think we're going to see or or be able to determine a lot of things from Tyler Van Dyke in the spring. I think it's going to be more of the fall and actual games that we're actually going to have a judgment on, on him and, and his progression in this offense. I think spring is more of like for the young guys and the quote-unquote backups, I guess you could say. So as far as the quarterback position, I want to see Jakari Brown take a step up as far as throwing the football. So if I see him taking that step up, then I'm going to feel confident just in case Tyler Van Dyke goes down again that it's not going to be a one-dimensional offense where we're just going to be zone-reading people to death. <laughs> so I just, I just want to see Jakari Brown take a step up in throwing the football. And then I also want to see some step up, uh, a step up with the wide receivers. Isaiah Horton is a guy that Cristobal mentioned this week. He's a guy that shined in fall camp last year, but unfortunately we didn't see him because of injury. So he's a young guy I think has potential to really shine in the spring. And overall, really the defense, I, I kind of want to see, like just some pop for from from a bunch of different guys to be honest i, I want to see wesley Basaint uh kind of look like a dog out there i, I want to see some of the young linebackers oh their utility and show their speed i want to see Devontae brown go out there and, and lock down a couple of receivers get some pass deflections maybe get some interceptions that's, that's the kind of things I, I, I kind of want to see. Cameron Kitchens, you already know what you're going to get from him. Um, I actually don't even want to see him play in spring, to be honest, or, or very minimally. James Williams is a guy that I want to see take a step up as well. Um, not only just in coverage, but in tackling. Just kind of overall, you kind of want to see him take that step up to – maybe even become an All-American. We know the the potential is there for him to get there, but are we going to see him act like a veteran, like act like he's been here before, act like, you know, he's been a few years in a college program. So the, I think overall the defense, I kind of want to see guys on uh, – I actually want to see guys on that defensive line start to pop as well. I want to see an Ahmad Moten really kind of shine a little bit. I want to see a Cyrus Moss 
uh, really kind of show how great he was coming out of Bishop Gorman. I want to see, you know, uh, uh, Gore, the, the transfer, really kind of show why he was so sought after as well. So th those are really kind of the guys I, I, I want to see. I kind of want to see them do some work. The receivers have to step up. I do not want to see any drop passes. You know, I, I do don't want to see like, oh, you know, um, just – not running the right routes or or just not getting separation the things that frustrated Miami fans last season Miami fans want to be excited in 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 the spring and then eventually in the spring game and those are the type of things that you you just don't want to leave spring seeing you don't want to see a bunch of drop passes you don't want to see no separate, no no separation at all. Uh, you you kind of want to see this uh, this defense get some pressure. Uh, but the thing about spring, though, it's like it's it's like a damned if you do or if you damned damned if you don't type of situation. It's like, hey, if the defense does well, that means hey, well, what's up with the offense? Or if the offense does well, then oh, okay, what's up with the, what's up with the defense? So, um, what you kind of want to see is just efficiency. Uh, you kind of want to see just some young guys step up and take that next 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 step. And I'm excited to kind of see what we are going to see. And um, since Cristobal did mention Isaiah Horton, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I'm excited to see if he maybe can step up into a, you know, a, a wide receiver three uh, role, you know, behind uh, Kobe Young and uh, Xavier Rochepo. Maybe, maybe he can step up into that that type of role. Um, so so we'll see. Uh, I'm excited. Um, any other guys for you, or 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 is it really just um, you know? I think those two those two are the, the game changers for me. Mm -hmm. James Williams for me. I, I don't think he's going to be in a tackling role too much this spring, just because of the shoulder surgery in the offseason. He's probably going to have a red jersey on, non contact type guy. I want to see what his role is in this new defense. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be a too high guy in this Lance Guidry scheme. I hope that they put him in the box a little bit more this year. We saw him really shine when he was playing more of a hybrid linebacker type role. But there's a lot of guys. You know, when you're coming off a five and seven season, there are a number of questions that come in at every single position on the team. Depth is another important thing that we would want to look out for. But overall, I'm excited to see how Ruben Bain's going to transition to that 4 I role, and I want to see how Tyler Van Dyke fits into this offense. Those are the two, two early signs that I'm going to look for. Other than that, like you said, it's spring practice. There's right. only so much you're going to get out of it. You're going to get some best shape of his life comments. You're going to get some, <laughs> he looks like he's ready to play tomorrow comments yeah. you're going to yeah. get the coach speak from mario cristobal through and through the spring there's only going to be so much we're going to see they're only going to show so much but uh, uh, it's football it's football and, and we have miami hurricanes football back in the spring so that's something to be positive about yeah yeah absolutely uh just kind of taking an early look at this at the depth chart man i think there's maybe three players that are locks 
to be starters? Oh, I, I, I disagree. I dis- I disagree. Uh, quarterback. Okay. Zion. Yeah, agree on that. Xavier Estrepo. Wait, well, who was your second guy? Zion. I do not think he's a lot to be a starter. Oh, I, I think he's a lot. Mario Cristobal, every time he gets an opportunity to talk about Zion, he raves about the kid. They made sure he came back this year. He was a priority prospect, basically, in this offseason. He was a major addition, re-addition to this team. He could have went to the NFL and probably been a late-round draft pick, and he and he was a potential first-round draft pick in, I, in last I year's agree, draft. Where I was think he? he's locked in. I think he's last locked year. in. I know the injuries. I know the injuries are keeping him kept him out for ninety percent of the season last year. But yeah. I still think that he's a lock for one of those tackle spots. Colby Young is going to be a starter next year. Xavier Restrepo is going to be a starter next year. Leonard Taylor is going to be a starter next year. Wesley Besaint is going to be a starter next year. Uh, Cam Kitchens, guaranteed starter next year. And James Williams, guaranteed starter next year. That's at least eight right now on the top of my head. Javion Cohen is a starter too. Nine. Ew. Hey, I promise you, Javion Cohen will be a starter for this Miami Hurricanes football team. Lock it in. Mario Cristobal is making sure that he's going to be a starter on this team. He was one of the best offensive linemen in college football last year. They they made sure, NIL-wise, that he was a priority player for this Miami Hurricanes football team. The only reason he's not on the Alabama football team is for NIL purposes. He's a lot. He's a lot. Give me nine guaranteed starters. The rest of the depth chart, the rest of the depth chart, you got 13 open competitions but here's nine that there is no competition i agree with you for most of all of those guys but zion is not a guy that i think is a guaranteed starter who who i would replace there is i i think matt lee is pretty much a guaranteed starter to be honest another 10 we're at 10 and we're almost at a whole entire side so i I underestimated a little bit I'm 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 a natural pessimist and I underestimate a little bit, but Matt Lee, I agree with you on J- Javion Cohen, Tyler Van Dyke, obviously, Cameron Kitchens, yes, Wesley Besaint, yes, Leonard Taylor, yes, James Williams. There's no one else that would beat him out. 100%. They lost five safeties. They lost five safeties James, James to the Williams. transfer portal. Yeah, James Williams, yes. I, I I, I I can I'll, I'll lock him in I'll I'll, I'll lock J- James Williams in at safe at uh, safety. Another player not not now that I think about it I think is a lock to be a starter is Devontae Brown. I think Devontae. I, I would say that, but I look at the Daryl Porter situation last year and I say to myself, we thought Daryl Porter was a lock from nil compensation to. He was being recruited by his former defensive back coach, the guy that recruited him out of high school. He was a standout player at West Virginia, potential all-conference guy, and he came here and he barely played. So I don't want to get my hopes up for Devontae Brown just yet. We know what he can do because we watched him in high school. We know what he can do in college because he was a great player at UCF early on, had some injury issues last year. Let's see how it goes. Cornerback with Coach Adai is one of those positions right now that it is a fluid, fluid conversation on a daily basis. We lost both starters from last year. Let's see what happens. 
Who knows? Maybe Damari yeah. Brown's better than his brother. Who knows? Maybe DP took a step forward. Who knows? Maybe TC revitalizes himself and becomes Shaman Madonna to Corey Couch. Who knows? But I don't mm. want to say there's a starter at that cornerback spot until we actually see in spring practice those guys covering somebody because they couldn't cover Middle Tennessee State last year. <laughs> and right. that was an issue. So I want to see if they can cover what is a pretty average receiving group, receiving core for this My Americans football team. But we're at like 11, 11 yeah. locked in starters, Marcus. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm actually five and seven. I'm actually five and seven messed you up. More. I'm actually gonna five throw and in seven messed you up, bro. Five it, and it, seven it, messed it you up. It did. It totally did mess me up. Um, because now with this conversation, I'm turning into an optimist. I, I feel like there's two more guaranteed starters for me. Xavier Rochepo. He's starting, bro. Like, there's no. Yeah, way. I said I said Xavier Restrepo, and I said oh, okay. Colby Young. Okay, I, I missed that. And, and then um, Akeem Mesador. Akeem yes, another one, another one, another one. Akeem, another one. I'm on my DJ Khaled. I'm on my DJ Khaled right now. It's another one, another one, another one. Come on, man. This team is definitely starting. Hey, listen. I think Canes fans need to be more optimistic about what is the second year in Mario Cristobal's tenure. It's not five and seven this year. It's not. I'm not saying it's 11 or 12 wins. I'm not saying they're going to compete for an ACC championship. But I am going to say that they're going to win eight or nine games. They are. It's it's going to be in the cards. Even if Tyler Van Dyke's not the starting quarterback, I still think that they can win eight or nine games. Shannon Dawson has done an excellent job at multiple spots. Power five and group of five. He's done it with athletic quarterbacks. He's done it with pocket passers. Yeah. This offensive line is completely changed from last season. There is exponentially more depth than there was last year. Yeah. The receiver's core, the receiving core is going to be better than it was last year just because of how this offense is going to utilize the passing game. Then yeah. on defense, Lance Guidry, everything I hear, I'm sure you hear it too, is that he is a excellent teacher of the game. He's yeah. going to come in and he's going to install a scheme that is going to be sound. It's going to be exotic at times. You're never going to see the same thing twice. They're not going to show tendencies like they did under Coach Steele. I don't think that there's going to be lapses in coverage the way that there was last year. And I think that they're going to be more and more sound. I think they added a lot of talent on the defensive line and, and Horton and Bain. And then Nigeli Kelly is still just 18 years old. People need to realize that as well. He's going to be a potential All-American this year or next. Linebacker core, they added five guys. Francisco Malagoa was the second-rated, second-highest-rated linebacker in the Pac-12 last year. They're adding him. Wesley Besaint's already in the fold. The coaching staff has gotten better at almost every single spot. They didn't go out and win the press conference. They went and got the guys that they felt were the best fit for the job. And then you have what? Pro Football Focus has graded as arguably the best safety tandem in college football and James Williams and Cam Kitchens. If you have two guys that are really good NFL projected safeties on the back end, it's going to help your cornerbacks. I think that this season they have really good length on the outside. I think that they're more athletic on the outside. 
And I think that they have guys that they don't have to break as many habits with. There's a lot of new guys coming in that are have fresh canvases for Coach Adai and DVD to splash paint on. And I'm excited for the potential of this season. Yeah. And as we talk this out, you kind of get the feel of which positions will be open competitions, right? So we didn't mention running back. So running back is pretty much absolutely open competition. We also didn't mention tight end um, only because Arroyo is coming off a significant injury. Um, normally we would probably just pencil in Arroyo, but you know, his injuries have been significant. So, you know, maybe Jaleel Skinner takes a step up. And, and we then, don't know what the tight end's going to look like in this offense. Right. We don't know right. what the it, we it's not going to like we've been seeing two tight end sets a lot of the times at the yeah. University of Miami for years. We might see a guy who has to be more of a split out receiver slot guy. That and could either be one of those Skinner. guys can be that. Either one of those guys can be that. Either one of those guys can be that. But Jaleel Skinner, right? Skinner. Skinner was an Alabama commit that they flipped from Alabama. You can say what you want about Bama doesn't lose kids. If Bama really wanted him, they would have got him. I don't care because we've seen the potential of Jaleel Skinner already at the University of Miami. We know what the athleticism looks like. He is a freak. They talk about it every day in practice, press conferences. Will Mallory raved about him last year, raved about him. And I think that he's a, a potential starter on this team. It, it, there's not a lot of outside receiver talent. You're talking about Isaiah Horton. We don't know what he is. Frank Ladson showed that he's limited athletically from what he was at South Dade. It's yeah. Colby Young and then who? Could that be Jaleel Skinner? Do they turn him into a wide receiver in this air raid scheme? That'd, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. To yeah, see. It's like, interesting. yeah, I was going to say the the third and third and fourth wide receivers are are definitely I think open competitions there uh the guard positions uh i think could be open positions i think jalen rivers has you know he he's going to be leading as far as for one of those guard positions for sure but the other guard you know there, there's a lot of different candidates there you got Ines cooper you got um you know jonathan dennis you got uh you know sagapalu you got you got potential Francis Malgoa. I mean, there, there, there's so many options really at at both the guard. If Cohen, if Cohen plays guard, right, yeah, that, that right guard. tackle spot. You don't the know. Offensive but, line could could be shifting all kinds of ways for sure. Yeah, um, there, there's only one guarantee there, and it's Matt Lee at center. There's only one yeah. guarantee there. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's the defensive ends. I think the defensive ends really have uh, are an open competition assuming that leonard taylor and akeem mesador are going to be your two guys on the inside uh the defensive ends are are pretty much an open competition you you would think jafari harvey is going to lock down one of those spots uh but the other spot possibly could be nigel kelly a lot of other, a lot of other names in the fold there um and linebacker we're, we're, we're kind of saying that it's going to be Francisco Malgo and Wesley Hussein. That's the two linebacker spots. That's basically kind of what we're saying based on what you heard from this conversation. And then it's the other corner spot, you know, the other corner who, who's going to be there. If we're assuming Devonte Brown's going to be on one side, who's going to be the other corner and who's going to be that nickel, you know? Uh, so those are really kind of the, the, the positions I think will be, will be open 
open competition. But uh, it, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun talking football already. Um, but spring's coming up. And you saw some football over the weekend, uh, Frank, at a seven-on-seven tournament. Uh, we have a story on one of the superstars from that tournament and Colton Heinrich out of Cardinal Gibbons. What'd you see from the seven on seven tournament um, and, and who kind of stood out to you? Yeah, it was a local tournament, the the Crockett Foundation, uh, Henry Crockett and uh, Zach Crockett, two brothers played in the NFL from, from Blanche Ely High School. Zach Crockett, uh, you know, played for the Raiders and the Colts. Uh, it was John Gruden's fullback. Uh, did it, you know, what was, was a Florida kind of a State, star right? Florida state, uh, right? Yeah. Florida. Both of them went to Florida state, both went to Florida state, uh, Henry Crockett played for the Falcons and the Vikings, I believe. Uh, but they, you know, they held a community event in Pompano, uh, where it was a seven on seven event going all the way down the age groups. Uh, DEFCON won the varsity event, uh, Colton Heinrich, CJ Ewald, Michigan commit Miami target in 2025 cornerback. Uh, there was a few other guys. Uh, Jabari Brady, 2026 receiver, was playing for 15U against Malachi Tony and Calvin Russell out of Miami Northwestern. So that was fun to see those kids battle yeah. it out against, you know, younger competition. Uh, but uh, Jordan Rich is a name that people need to know because he's going to be the next American Heritage cornerback that's going to be a staple for their defense. And I think he's a candidate for – five or six interceptions next year. He doesn't have that prototypical size of the Damari Browns, Patrick Tans, Tyson Campbells, but I think he's going to be a D1 kid uh, that is going to emerge uh, next year, 2025 cornerback, uh, as well as Kamari Williams. This kid is a freak athlete, six foot four, 180, 185 pounds. He, he probably runs about a four five forty. Every step he takes is like four yards or more eating up ground with quickness and doesn't drop any passes. And then on top of that, Colton Heinrich is just the stud, the number 13 tight end in the country now at 31 offers. We do have a pretty good article on there on, you know, his relationship with Miami and how that recruiting process is going. He's going to be taking 15 spring visits. It's going to be a very busy spring for Colton Heinrich, uh, who, who is being recruited by the likes of Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama on top of Miami. So yeah. would, I'm excited to see where his recruitment goes. Uh, he spoke pretty extensively about the history of the Miami Hurricanes tight ends. And he said that Miami's going to stay among that top group all the way through this process. So that's, that's a, you know, a, a strong sign of what is to come in his recruitment. Um, and, and uh, you know, it, it's the, I, I'm a big, I'm a big lover of the, of the younger football players, right? I, you know how I am. I want to write about the 14 U kids constantly. You got to hold me back sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You got to chill but out. There are definitely, <laughs> but there are definitely some stars of tomorrow. The, the, the future of South Florida is in great hands. Um, but, you know, just getting a chance to talk to, you know, a lot of parents out there of some, you know, big time prospects that weren't even playing and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there is, People are people are liking what Miami is doing with these coaching hires, and Miami's still going to be in the cards for the Jeremiah Smiths, the Josiah Traders, the yeah. Chance Robinsons. All that Miami Gardens Ravens Purple Machine group is still looking at Miami, right? It, like I know that everybody says JJ is a lock to Ohio State, and people think that Chance and JoJo aren't going to end up at Miami. They're still 
a strong opportunity there for Miami. Shannon Dawson, the Shannon Dawson hire put them in really good graces in the Smith household. We saw the tweet from Geno Smith, the support that he has from his former West Virginia quarterback. And that has resonated all the way down to JJ, who is open-minded about seeing what these wide receivers can do. If Colby Young or Xavier Restrepo or one of those guys has a huge season next year and becomes a candidate for awards and a potential early round draft pick next year, I think that Miami could jump into these sweepstakes at an EV, uh, even in an even heavier way um, over the next eight or nine months. Um, so love what Mario is doing, and so do the parents. Yeah, and we got Junior Day coming up uh, this week as well. Uh, we will be bringing you a, a, a huge list of players that will be visiting on Junior Day for uh, the Miami Hurricanes. So look out for that on canescounty.com. While Frank was at this seven-on-seven tournament, I was at basketball game and also providing baseball coverage uh, on Saturday. And unfortunately, Miami took a a, a heart-wrenching L <laughs> to Florida State, who isn't going anywhere as far as the NSA tournament is concerned. They're having a bad year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Leonard Ham- Hamilton gets, gets the axe based on what he's produced this season, but you know, I think his track record may keep him for another year, but definitely another year like this will not be good. But uh, that win against the hurricanes may definitely help his chances to, for staying in, in Tallahassee, the former Miami hurricane head coach. It, it was a disappointing game to watch, man, just to, just to see this team just dominate this team on every aspect in that first half. I mean, they were getting turnovers. They were out hustling Florida State. They were just just getting in the paint. And just like Jordan Miller said in the post-press conference, they relaxed. You know, they, they relaxed. Uh, you know, they were feeling themselves. They were, they were smelling themselves. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you want to say about them, they were – they were not focused on getting the win in that second half, and Florida State just wanted it more. Also something that Jordan Miller said in the post-game presser. And I think this is actually a good wake-up call for this team. I think it's a, it, it, it's a message sent directly to them saying, hey, we can't let up. You know, we, we can't let up at any point. Now, yes, Nigel Pack, not in the game for this one. And I do think he's pretty much the X factor for the Hurricanes going far in the NCAA tournament because Miami's Miami's got four player, four top players as far as scoring is concerned. And Nigel Pack is that fourth guy behind Norchad Ormir, Isaiah Wong. Uh, also, make uh, make sure you shop the Isaiah Wong collection at bluechipteam.com. And, of course, uh, Jordan Miller. Uh, like, those those four guys make Miami very dangerous in the tournament because you can't, you can't really focus on any one guy. And with Nigel Pack being out, what we hear, it, it's an ankle injury that he kind of rolled over. So I'm assuming it's an ankle sprain. And he's questionable to be back for Saturday's game season finale against Pitt. Uh, without Pack, I mean this 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 team is vulnerable, as, as you saw, and I don't think they would have enough to really make it to the Final Four 
maybe not even to the Elite Eight if they don't have a fully healthy Nigel Pack. But fortunately for the Hurricanes, Virginia, who is a regular season, uh, who's the regular season foe uh, for uh, for Miami, lost last night to North Carolina. So Miami still has a chance to win the regular season championship. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so all is not lost. They can still be one of the best teams ever in Miami basketball history if they win the regular season championship and they win the tournament uh, as well. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then, you know, the baseball team is also still rolling. Uh, six straight six straight wins uh, for the Hurricanes. This is a team that's got power, Frank. Like real power. Like almost one through nine can basically go yard at any time or any given moment. But out of all of the guys that that are going yard consistently, who includes Zach Levinson, Yo Yo Morales, uh, Ian Farrow. Uh, the, the guy that I'm most excited about is a freshman, Blake Sear. This kid is the real deal. Blake Sear is the real deal. Uh, he, I, I believe he's second in, in, in batting average right now. Second, I believe, in, in home runs uh, as well. He is the real deal. Right now, I think uh, Joe DeMari, Joe DeMari, um, Gino DeMari, sorry, is really trying to figure out this, this lineup. And you could just see Sear just he just keeps creeping up this lineup. He he's he's a guy who I potentially think will be an X factor is at, for this team. Um, one thing Damari has to figure out is this leadoff position though, and he might have figured it out last night because Dario Gomez has been let's call it what it is. He's been atrocious uh, as a leadoff batter. You can't be batting. 0.69 a batting average and that's what he's batting right now it's pretty bad you know and so he moved him down to second and he really didn't still do much last night against Dartmouth uh, on Ivy League school um so they moved Edgar Villagas to that leadoff spot I think is a great option I think he's 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 one of the top four batters in this lineup so I'm assuming we're going to see more changes in this lineup going forward. I like the move that that he did there, but uh, Dario Gomez, man, he he really has to has to pick it up. And um, I'm kind of kind of still worried about just kind of starting pitching overall. Although we had a great great performance from Carson Lagone last night, uh, but uh, Gage Zeal he did get the win on Friday, but. Gave up four runs in that second inning again. Back to back weeks, he's done that. So kind of a little worried because this is not really high competition that they're playing right now. So um, excited about the team, optimistic, but I'm just you know I'm kind of moderately optimistic at, at, about this team. I think uh, at FAU this week Tuesday, I'll actually be in Boca for that one, uh, and. Well, we'll see kind of how they do against them. FAU usually always has a really good squad. So interesting to see if they'll, they, they'll be able to go yard on the road as this is going to be their first actual road game. All right, so that, that that's enough with me boring everybody with basketball and baseball <laughs> talk. Um, but, yeah, I, 
any any thoughts on that, man? Hey, are are you are you out there? Are you gonna get a mark like shake or something? I mean, what's going I, on? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get out there soon. I'm gonna have to go check out the baseball team. I got it because you got to experience at least one time, right? Got it. You know, I'm a big football guy. I think everybody kind of knows that. When you start, you know, talking about the other squads, I'm I kind of sit in the corner, you know, and I'm just <laughs> like, hey, man, I'm here, you know, I'm a Hurricanes guy, but I don't really know what's going on too much about it. I got no expertise there. I'm a football guy, just to put that everybody out there. But I am a shake aficionado, and I'm going to be giving my, uh, you know, bar stool, you know, one bite review to the Mark Light shakes as soon as I get out there. Hopefully next week. Awesome, awesome. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. Make sure you follow us on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram. And Facebook, make sure you follow the Crib South Florida. And tell your friends, tell your family, first 30 days off at Miami.Rivals.com with the Miami 30 code. Okay? You guys get a month free. Your friends get a month free. Your brother gets a month free. Your sister gets a month free. Okay? Your mom gets a month free. Everybody gets a month free. We're handed out free first months like we're Oprah. Okay? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right? So you guys yeah. need to take advantage of that. Tell everybody we appreciate the support. And we want to keep this going for you guys in the best way possible. But we need your guys' support. We need it. And we want you guys on the message boards blowing us up, telling us how dumb we are sometimes and, and how, <laughs> how how much of a genius we are others. So, you know, I, Miami 30 is the code for you guys to get your first month through, first month free at canescounty.com, miami.rivals.com. Take advantage of that now. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well, uh, at Benjamin Rivals for myself, at the Crib South Florida. Follow the Euro Twins as well, 305 Sports. It's it's the whole CanesCounty.com family. Until the next episode.